Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Westworld Theorycast. You have tuned into the Deep Dive. My name is Axel. I'm here with Andy. Say hello, Andy. Hello. Hello, my friend. Andy. Yes. <laughs> and that voice you hear is one that you have heard on other podcasts on the DVR Podcast Network, but never before with anyone else in the first time, even though I've known the dude for, wait, it's going on almost 30 <laughs> years, dude. 30 years. That's a long-ass time. It's Thaxton. What's up, Thack? What's up, baby? <laughs> How you shaking that ass? Oh, man. There he is, baby. I'm doing good. But we're here to talk about Westworld, uh, Season 4, Episode 4, Generation Loss. Uh, we talked a lot about it on the initial reaction. I had a lot to say. We didn't hear as much from Ando, so let's try to get some Ando and Thaxton in on this pod. But since we are having you as our guest today, Thaxton, I'd like to ask mm-hmm. you, I've been listening to you. You've been enjoying this season. This was a big change of an episode. What were your initial reactions to the episode? What are just some thoughts that just grabbed you about it i feel like uh the storytelling is uh, astronomically brilliant <laughs> um well w- when when they made the plot twist and you know you if you ever listen to like the post-show interview and uh jonathan nolan said uh you know he likes fucking with the audience and the thing is like as a writer too when I see how he's setting it up, I knew something was weird from the first episode, um, you know, with the whole Hugo thing and the twist, that twist of the, the time skip and, you know, Dolores slash Charlotte Hale being on top. Um, that was it. I was like, wow, that's totally fucked up, but it's true. How would you actually go about defeating these artificially conscious entities if they were actually existing and could replace people in power easily who have access to limitless resources translation you lose so it was the logical conclusion but it also gives the story room to evolve because all right you lost now how do you fight when you're under control so that's what i was i was initially thinking and it was mind-blowing and i was like this is the middle of the season give me big hopes for the rest of the season yeah definitely well, how about you, Ando? What's your reaction yeah, that's, to that? That's kind of the same thing. Even when on the initial reaction, that's kind of the same, almost exactly the same things I was saying. I I loved it a lot. I think I liked episode three still a little more, but I still really love this. And I love that this was, it felt more like a season finale. And like, 
trying to figure out where it's going to go next. I am very excited about doing that. Like tonight, what we're going to try and do because it's I, I love that they set stuff up and it with they didn't tease everything out the whole season like they did last year, and it's or last season. I just I'm I have very high hopes for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. I I was hoping that they would do this. <clears throat> they did it. I was happy, and I'm also happy that they're leaving us still with more of a puzzle of how Christina fits into this, right? We're still trying to figure out. That's really, I think we learned so much from this episode. What do you think, Thak? What's your theory on who is Christina being manipulated? Is she being controlled or is she actually being kind of guided? I think you can see it both ways. What do you think? What do you, what did this teach you about what's happening to her? Cause we know that he was at Olympiad entertainment. So she's in this world that Caleb woke up in. Wow. Um, I feel like she's like the cornerstone or whatever twist is to come. Because really, how do we know where she was existing? I mean, they talk about that time skip, but I feel like the way they shot it and they were leaning towards it the entire time and we didn't pick up on it or whatever. So it's actually, she's she is a human, but because they put the bug in her or whatever, who's to say that the original Dolores, Charlotte Hale, or one of the copies didn't do something? Like, how do we know she's not involved with her, too? If she's involved in this massive plan that literally makes humanity her pets because she did some crazy fucked up genetic engineering slash, like, artificial consciousness engineering where she, like, makes human beings hosts. I mean, that's pretty fucking crazy. So she could have easily designed a bug and put that shit in uh, Dolores, a.k.a. Christina, who was human and made her a human host and made her a human host for herself, which is just another copy of Dolores. If we think about it, like it doesn't have to be exact. I mean, Hale could do whatever she wants. Yeah. Do you think that they're trying yeah. still to get that data that they're trying to, that she's no, nah, I think the Hugo thing ties into like, they went to the sublime, like oh, what's his name? My man, Bernard went to the sublime, but, the thing that I was thinking was Hugo, when when uh, the man in black went to Hugo, Hugo and his people had the actual sublime in their database at the Hoover Dam. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So the thing I was always wondering was why the fuck didn't Maeve get her ass over there? Like she spent seven years like not trying to be on the grid so that Caleb wouldn't die. He ends up dying. She ends up buried under some shit. 23 years have passed and he's number 278. It's like, dude. <laughs> that's a great, like, you know what? Fact, that's a great, I had not, and we t- definitely didn't talk about this on the IR, Andy. I had not even considered yeah. like how they figured out and found where the data is, but Maeve didn't even, was she even looking for it? Well, that's another thing. The seven-year thing, this is how they're, this is a brilliant, actually, uh, story tactic. So what they did was, okay, that's at the Hoover Dam. Why didn't Maeve go after it? Basically because she was trying to stay off the grid to keep this fool alive. But in my thinking, it's like, dude, um, but your mission was to try to get to the sublime and save the kid or be with the kid. So, you know, 
I didn't understand that. And I still don't. I'm sure that, you know, eventually something could come up or they might completely ignore it. I just don't really get it. <laughs> I don't get why she didn't, you know, like, fuck it, man. But at the same time, they could have been erased really easily. That's the I think that's the biggest reason is that they would have both been annihilated. She's got the whole world, you know, working. So I can I can think of two possible reasons why she wouldn't have gone. Well, three, maybe one. She maybe didn't know. Maybe didn't know it was there or Maeve knew she couldn't shouldn't have the key to open it. So what would the point of being going there? Or Caleb is more important to her than we have seen. There's a few things she says in this episode that laid me to believe there's still more there in that backstory that we don't know about. Well, the thing that disturbed me about what you just introduced is the fact that ultimately she actually um, knew Caleb was a host. <laughs> and that's because because there's something that they said, oh, she's picking up his uh, biometrics or whatever. And well, I she think wouldn't tell, she wouldn't tell him something. Yeah, yeah his that... limbics, whatever. But she still she uh, she did something to him. Even well, that was, I think that was that, uh, from that season three, it's like that thing that looks like a retainer that he got put in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, because if you look close, when you see that scene, you can see that light up when she says that. I think she was adjusting that. I still don't know if that, I think he was, I don't think she knew he was, I don't think she's met host Caleb yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. Caleb but what I'm saying, no, but I agree yeah, but with that's, you that's the problem. She did something to him. No, but that's the problem. When you guys talk about the future time lapse shit, I'm arguing that they were time lapsing this entire episode, and that the juxtaposition between the seven years after the war and the actual twenty-three years that they take us to, they were like literally showing us the different timelines occurring simultaneously. And you know, if you get real weird about it, I mean, because it is science fiction, and uh, I love time travel, causality, and all of that stuff. Who's to say that they're not going to go that far and start fucking shit? Because really, you know, if you're looking at like cause and effect stuff, but it's out of sequence, what's the sequence? Yeah, I, I know what you're, that is, I, I guess. Dude, I'm telling you, watch those episodes again. (laughs) Watch the episode. Watch the episodes again. You will see that, like, you know, things feel like the show flows, but as a story, it feels disjointed until episode four. Then it all kind of comes together because you're like, why, why does it feel so weird? Like, because she's the the Christina we're seeing, she's not from the seven years after the war, or she's from the 23. And okay, I, I, she she's actually, from the 23. So all the shit with her and that girl she's hanging out with, um, that's all doing her 23. And that's yeah. the thing. She she kept she kept Caleb in a fucking matrix loop, though, because it's 278 of him. Yeah. Because of the freaking fidelity. So you know that time loop, they're fucking with us at a high level. So I you know, agree. it's very easy I, to drop the ball. Yeah, I agree with you because in a you're you're correct because also everything we saw with Maeve and Caleb is pretty much unreliable right we don't know exactly when things happen that I I got the same feeling we kind of talk about this a little bit Andy about how I kept on feeling like that lighthouse stuff was actually in the future like parts of it seemed different but I'm yep. still, I don't know, I like this, this road. And I think that, I mean, I, I'm still re-watching Dark 
now and it's got my mind is like whoa okay anything could happen but still i don't know i kind of think like the 20 the the jump is the jump and what we saw with mave and caleb even though it is unreliable i still am i'm gonna kind of go forward thinking okay that's what happened though i do agree with one thing you said thack which is when she did access his limbics or whatever it did to kind of heal him or keep him alive or let him like that whole thing when she was like let me show you the sublime that was weird like yep. what, what was that about why was she walking with her daughter and caleb's like watching it what did that's you- part of why that's part of why i was said i was saying one of the reasons she maybe didn't go there is because caleb is more important I, is there still a chance that 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 daughter could be some product of mave and caleb I mean, no. the actresses they cast look exactly alike. Yeah, but no, no. Okay, <laughs> you don't think so? No. I, yeah, I think I'm off no. that. I think Yo, I don't. I don't think all, so. I don't all, think so either. I'm real. just shooting up let's, shit in the air. But yeah, yeah. yeah let's let's keep it real though. All right, Maeve used to be a madam. She don't give a fuck about a human dick. All right, let's keep it a hundred percent real. She don't have no interest in dick. Well, well, she, I mean, she Hector. would, and Hector's dead. Hector's I was dead. gonna say Hector right? all the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, I even know Hector. I mean, that. come on. I don't know. I mean, look. Oh, okay. She's gonna really want to fuck uh, <laughs> Caleb. Like, all right, let me forget my daughter, well, who was the back. driving force behind uh, all my actions for like the entire true, show, true. and yeah. then all of a sudden, I'm gonna get a hard on for some like, <laughs> you know, scrappy ass Breaking Bad white kid who, <laughs> you know, like he ends up getting fucked over in the worst possible way imaginable. I mean, that yeah. what happened to him made me throw up because I felt. His pain, I was like, can you imagine waking up and realizing you died and that your consciousness is merged with this artificial uh, computerized awareness and that you will never, ever have your existence again? You're just a shell of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, That's fucked up, Gus. That's like yep. cold blooded. That was like one of the most cruel things I've ever seen on television because he's not like the man in black. He's like, OK, I'm 278. Suck my balls. I'll be 279. Fuck you. You know, he's like Joe Pesci. Not this guy. This guy's emo. This guy's emotional. This guy's like, oh my god! It's oh. my chemical romance version of it, right? It's Absolutely. Like, it's like Literally. mega death versus my chemical romance. It's like um, you know he joined the black parade. What can you do? But I do think though that Maeve did talk about like how her relationship with Caleb kind of. I do think I don't know. I think it may be true that they never had any type of physical or sexual love affair, but I do think that it kind of rekindled in her the idea of like that she had with her daughter, just basically that she kind of wanted to live with humans, right? That there was some kind of value. They showed how she's like watching as he meets his wife and all that kind of stuff. So I think that when she is reawakened now, like we see at the end of the episode, there will be a certain amount of uh, desire to save Caleb, right? And to kind of maybe, maybe <laughs> okay. finish his his fidelity or something. I do yeah, think no, there's a connection. No, nah, she ain't finishing shit. He's dead, man. She dropped the ball. Well, that's the question, though, Thack. Is he? Because if they achieve fidelity, if they're oh, come able on. to Dude, get... you can't achieve actual fidelity, man. You only get 70 years. 
Okay. Is that all right? Is that how and you and even go? Yeah, it took them 23 years to get quasi-fidelity. They didn't yeah. establish fidelity. Yeah, they acknowledged true. to him that they were asking him these questions because of fidelity, because he failed fidelity so many times, 278 times in 23 years. That's a lot, though. That's a lot, man. I mean, his fidelity is garbage. His fidelity, And that's the thing about establishing fidelity. They never let us know as the audience at what indicates fidelity. Right. And then what does the, the, the entity that has the fidelity do? True. Because they don't necessarily need fidelity to be utilized and, and, and function in a society exactly the way Sean right. Hale wants. You're, right. You're totally right. So it's, it's, yeah. So it's establishing fidelity almost seems like, you know, um, are you as close to the human version as possible? You know what I mean? And it's like, ultimately you can never do that because, uh, all the unique circumstances that exist in our lives to create our sense of self and who we are are derived from experience and interaction. You're basically a machine now that processes the thoughts of a deceased individual and you're encased in that individual's uh, physical form. Even your emotional reaction to dying as a human being is the consciousness reaction. You don't even have the form anymore and the consciousness is still alive, but it's manufactured. Yet it's aware. So it's all weird. <laughs> it is. And and you make a great point in that data or no data, you know, getting the sublime stuff, getting the Delos immortality data, whether they accessed it in the Hoover Dam or they didn't. Brett earlier texted us that he still thinks they don't have the data. They didn't achieve fidelity either. Right? Like they we never saw Delos achieve no. fidelity so they it yeah was, because delos yeah. is the example yeah. for 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 um william like they literally had young william fucking with him with his fidelity and exactly. then you see like that clip you showed me that the uh the daughter was testing uh william's fidelity yeah the stinger from mm -hmm. season you see, two right you see what i'm saying like the thing is like a they can't establish fidelity and b <clears throat> excuse me the bigger issue is uh you have the sublime. The sublime is like kind of creepy, man. They turned Bernard into fucking Neo. You know what I mean? Like Bernard was fucking telegraphing through all his infinite projections, you know, shit of what's going to happen. So, you know, that's creepy too. How can he, you know, I know he's a machine, but having that processing ability out in the real world working against them, I mean, there could be some hope, but, uh, you know, hope is kind of like non-existent in westworld <laughs> in my opinion this is one of the most hopeless dystopic too close to real life shits that i watch I'm like what do you mean close to real life idiocracy was close to real life too yeah. so <laughs> hey next president gonna be mountain dude Dwayne jones the third whatever yeah <laughs> so for real we in trouble man and westworld is like the harbinger I of doom know. i heard Somebody tried to say that uh, Westworld ripped off Matrix 4 and used, like, Christina as, like, a Neo character. And right. what else did they say? I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, I, I tend to think that, like, intellectually certain things trend. So certain people who Definitely. look at our society a certain way might evoke a similarity that's really, like, non, it's not present. Christina can't do shit. She can't dodge bullets. She's not fucking up agents. She can't 
you know, do all this amazing shit. So she's definitely not Neo. And, you know, the whole meta speak, the show has to play on technology and all that other stuff. So they can make fun of themselves or reference other episodes with themselves. And it's not a Matrix fucking ripoff. Yeah, no, that's, just just my opinion, though. Just my opinion. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've been doing references to sci-fi things. I mean, every episode since the beginning of like season two has been sci-fi reference. I mean, that's re- referencing something or having a similarity, especially in sci-fi. I mean, every story builds off of each other in science fiction for the most part. So I, yeah, th- I don't think there was anything being ripped off there at all. No, but it no, does, no. Like you saying, Thack, it does point to trends in storytelling and trends in the way cultures express themselves and i think that you do see that across the board i mean it makes me think of like slasher movies in the 80s what are they really about right like don't have sex young kids be do what reagan tells you or it's like i mean i don't I, things, I, I don't, you know? I don't i don't agree with that though i don't necessarily think they're saying don't have sex kids. oh no 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 i, I think they're saying that's the, no 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 that's the, yeah. i'm i think that what they're actually doing is say you go desire sex but you can't have it because we control you so supplement that sex with like a pepsi or like you know a sandwich or you know buy yourself a fucking sweater you'll never wear like you know be a little consumer whore and that's it just go consume you stupid mindless fuck that's that's the message like you want you want to have sex you want to fuck people but the reality is you're not getting laid have a drink eat a sandwich get fatter get dumber you know like they supplement the sexual drive of human beings for a mass consumption and b what was the other one? Oh, warfare how could i forget <laughs> <laughs> oh my god isn't that the truth all right let's talk let's switch it up a little bit we are talking about christina uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on her roommate, Maya, at this point? We heard her talk about the flies. I had a dream that my family was attacked by fly. What What are your feelings on her? I mean, that's just like with uh, just like with what I had with um, Christina last episode. I, I still have most of my same feelings that I had last week. I think that I think they're humans in the park. They've been flied. If it's 23 years later, she would fit in that time frame and when uh, Hale says later that we had to fly the kids because the adults wouldn't take to it. There's a reason why almost all the scenes in that roommate or where Christina is. I mean, almost everybody that you see is under the age of 30. It would, it would make sense that that's the, they're humans in there. And I think, I still think that like kind of what you were saying with Christina before, I think she is, if she's not being helped, I think Bernard and Teddy are trying to get her out. That's why I still think this is in a time frame slightly past where we see Maeve dug up. I think that Teddy has already been inserted by, I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but no, hit it. I, I think Teddy has kind of been inserted into that world by Bernard. I think he brought him back with out of the sublime. That first scene when you see of the season, oh, not of the season. The first time we see Bernard when he wakes up and he tells subs, go grab the shovel. And he goes into the bathroom for a while. He sure doesn't need to go to the bathroom. So what was he doing in there? I think he was somehow, however he got Teddy out with him. I think I like if he got, I don't know how that works, but I think he, I did. Teddy's the one leaving the map or the maze for Christina. And I think the roommate is in the process of maybe being woken up by Christina. 
like like the hosts were awoken in the first episode. Uh, yeah, cause same because it, it is like remember we we yeah. have to remember where, when were we first introduced to the flies, and it's the story that Dolores tells about and the disease, right? An, another part of me that makes me—I th- mean, with all the other parallels to season one, I was thinking too. I don't know what the exact the twenty-three years. I'm really curious as to when that starts because if you add the seven years that Caleb and Maeve were on the run. No, nah, you you don't add that. Don't don't do that. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Well, that's, the, that's part of the trick. That's part of what he's doing to fuck with us. He well, he throws out the seven, then the twenty three. Are we supposed to think it's sixteen? What did you do? Well, How are we no. Supposed to here's, here's, this is why this is why I say that. If you add them together, it's thirty years. In the season one, when we, when I just rewatched it recently, in season one, when the hosts start waking up, they say the park has been open for roughly thirty years. Yes, you're right. Yep. So it could be another 30 year thing. I mean, they like to do that circular stuff. I mean, it would part of me. That's part of why I still think they're in some kind of park, whether that's a digital park or a real park. I'm still not entirely sure, but I do think it, I think it's a physical park because I think we see it at the end of the episode when they zoom out, still think it's on top of the Hoover dam. And that, that's, they're going to, they, they obviously they're in real life. They tried to blow it today, I guess. So maybe it is the hosts <laughs> are there. So, Yeah. Gina put that on her Facebook page. There was like some explosion at the Hoover Dam today. <laughs> they're they're going after. Okay, I I I dig what you're saying, and I understand where you're coming from, Thaxon, about that time thing. I just don't know. I think at this point, it's it it, it could be that, and I agree with you. But I do kind of feel that there what that the incidents we saw occur roughly occurred as they did 23 i do think it's been 30 years but you're free not to think that i i accept that because that is i just think that's a little bit higher level than is necessary at this point oh what's going on <laughs> that's throwing my ideas out the garbage. Um, no i'm not disagreeing with no, you man i'm just saying i, I don't trust i don't trust I nolan yes. he's yeah yeah 100 well, percent there i don't trust anything the creators say nah he'd be he'd be smirking too much yep. i don't yep. trust him he loves it you're right yeah and they do it i mean this stuff throughout the episode, they're doing it in every episode where they're laying hints and, and throwing stuff to the crowd at the same time yeah. that they're telling the story. But I like what you're saying, Andy. I feel like Christina is uh, important because she is either a new version of Dolores that maybe Shaloris created to try to get the... It's probably, you call her Shalores? <laughs> well, yeah, because I think it's fun. It's like Charlotte and Dolores Shalores. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like Ben. It's like uh, what's it called? Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Oh God, Be- Jeff. Yeah, I don't know okay. what we don't. We, let's not go down that road. <laughs> oh wait, what happened? I just hit the wrong button. Oh, can can Thaxon hear me? I, I oh I hear, oh there you go yes. okay you're here buddy sorry buddy <laughs> I was trying to click on you and I clicked that thing um but I think I like that idea yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you <laughs> okay you're you might be right I I like the idea that she is being fought over by both sides and I think that that is evident some of the things like you, you we were talking about with her roommate. And I love what you said, Andy. That everyone's young. I hadn't even, I, I didn't really even think about that. But I you're mean, absolutely I, right. 
I don't remember for sure, but I can't, I don't really remember. And I, you know, I brought that same thing up in season three. So it might just be like when, when Caleb and, and uh, Dolores were in the future there, you never saw any old people there either. And it never really led to anything. So it might, it might just be the casting director. I don't know, but I thought it was a point <laughs> worth bringing up. But no, but you're right. Because at the diner, everyone was pretty much older. Oh yeah. Right. And so that's like the outskirts where they haven't, they didn't even, she didn't even bother flying them because she didn't need to take control of them. Right. Like she said, she went through successive generations. So there's still, if it's only 23 years later, there's still people left. Like we talked about, like not everyone would be dead and she wouldn't have a reason to kill everyone. She's doing her little experiments where she's doing them. And she probably allows like the little, you know, it's like, let the bugs play in the corner. I'm not, I'm not over there in the forest or whatever, right? I'm at my house, at my big city that I built to have all these crazy experiments in. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of, that's where I'm getting caught is I, I had one thought that maybe, like you were saying, Bernard injected her or Maeve injected her, or kind of created her within this Matrix world, within this park that maybe she isn't a plant by like Chaloris, that she doesn't even know that she exists. I I think that it's either that or, or Hale was putting her in there for some other reason. And Maeve and Bernard or Bernard and Teddy or whoever are, are trying to free her. Like, I still think they're trying to, there's, they're trying to trigger a revolution of the hosts in that park, just like she triggered the revolution in, in season one. But yeah, I, there's some pieces there I, I can't quite reconcile in my brain yet. Yeah, it's it is kind of confusing, man. All right, so let's keep it moving here. We're talking about Christina, but let's talk a little bit about what happened in this post-apocalyptic world. And I have a question for both you, Thaxon, and you, Andy, as well. Who is the outlier? that C's team is going to extract. Does anyone have any ideas? You think it's a specific person that's going to help them? Or do you think that this is just, what is this a clue to what they're doing as revolutionaries? Well, they say it's a she. So we can- No, that's that dude, that's Caleb's daughter. That's Caleb's daughter. No, no, but who are they going to- who are her crew what they she went with bernard to go find yeah and the other part of the crew went to go extract an outlier one of the outliers that sorak had which is the first mention of them this season brett's been talking about it on our other podcast yeah the other the other guy named jay says we have to go extract her fast because she's being hunted down he says that to caleb's daughter oh i didn't catch that hunted down yeah yeah, because the the line I have the line here where they're where J, J and K or J and C are arguing, and he says that was before we found another outlier because he did that she wants to go dig. He said we got to extract her fast before she's hunted down. We can't waste time on some misguided treasure hunt. Oh, so the treasure hunt sounds like they're describing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what he was that's what he was trying to tell C is don't that the treasure hunt was the was the weapon in the desert which was Maeve, but. Jay split off from her, didn't go with Caleb and Bernard, and he he took his team to go find the, whoever this outlier is because they have to extract her from somewhere before she's hunted down, is what it says. Okay. Did you have any thoughts on it, Andy? I mean, it sounds an awful lot like, uh, for lack of a better thing, I mean, it sounds a lot like 
like a matrix type of thing where somebody is awakening and they have to go find that person before. I mean, is the, is it the roommate? Is it Maya? Well, Maya is illusion in a Hindu philosophy. So mm-hmm. interesting that her name is Maya because Maya that is, is interesting. illusion, right? <laughs> so if you pierce through the veil of illusion, you know, you will see reality. That's an interesting point, though, Andy. I hadn't considered that it was connected like that. I don't know. I can't, When they said she, I mean, I, I can't think of any other she's that it could be that we know of. But why wouldn't Charlotte, or what did you call her? Shaloris. <laughs> why wouldn't she um, pick up on what was happening? Yeah, because, the, I mean, you got to understand, she's one of the few hosts that actually ironically she didn't annihilate the human race but enslaved it just because she actually fell in love with two humans but that's that's part the line where the line where he says that we have to extract her before she's hunted down means like if somebody's obviously going to find her soon if they don't go get her so maybe that's what they're referring to is that they know hale will come and get this person soon if they find out what she is. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit at the wall like like usual. But no, I think that's an interesting idea because it would gel with the dream that she has about her parents, right? Like maybe it's similar to what we saw with Akacheta's tribe and what we saw with what'd you call him? Akacheta. Isn't that his name? I thought it was Akacheta. Oh, maybe it is. You may have a better pronunciation than I. That's my boy. That's why I'm upset. <laughs> I thought it was Akacheta, but I'm I am no expert in Native American Navajo or whatever language it is, so I I could easily be wrong. On no, that too. I watch I watched that episode like twenty times, man. Yeah, so it's a Akacheta. It? Akacheta. Okay. Hey, I am from New Jersey. Facts. Okay. <laughs> Um, I catch it. I was going to say, you can't use that excuse every time you mispronounce a name, Axel. I'm sorry. Uh, We do use a lot of slang in Jersey, though. That is the truth. That is the truth. We pronounce things the way we want. Um, But I mean, you see that that idea that they went, but just before they awaken, they start picking up on what's happening, right? Like, so I, I think that's a very interesting idea, Andy. That yeah, because I mean, the th- that was a similar like it's, it reminds me of, of the way I was thinking of was something similar to how the Matrix in the first Matrix when Keanu Reeves starts seeing weird things and start and this stuff starts seeping in and then somebody comes and Morpheus comes and extracts him. Man. Not that I think it's going to be exactly the same as that. I just it gives me that kind of vibe, which I'm cool with that. I like that idea. But then where from though are they gonna are they because the last we saw of the outliers they were literally in pods around uh solomon and right all yeah. these different pods is it possible that maybe chaloris maybe she used that's the only humans she kept for some reason or did she feel that they were i, I just wonder what their value is at this point you know what i mean like are, or or is there value the or is there value that they can resist the flies like we saw caleb resist resist her command a little bit and maybe she wants to eliminate them because she knows those are the only threat to her or maybe she wants to flip them because they're the hardest to flip and if she can flip them she can flip any human yeah it could be i think it could be any or both maybe i don't know that it could be both yeah but but i don't think she's like 
afraid of flipping humans because you got to remember when they first went into the sublime and you had that weird like host who kept talking and like you know all the stuff that was going on there was like we had we know everything about human beings yes yeah you, you're talking about Logan, trillions of Logan, pieces of yep. data yep. trillions of pieces of data trillions trillions mm-hmm. so i mean technically you know we're looking for the biggest deus ex machina you can imagine. So you can throw shit at the wall as hard as you want because you're going to have to look for a massive deus ex machina because yep. the chips are Thanos stacked against them and there ain't no Avengers in sight. Yep. <laughs> that's, like, that's exactly right. I'm just saying that's... <laughs> you know, that's that's it. That's what's going on with them, man. Because the outliers, the thing is, what he said was brilliant, Andy. That was great. The, the the part about the outliers like and resisting it, but I also feel like the outliers are not only the greatest threat, but she could be trying to find a specific outlier with a mind similar to the one that created Solomon and from there was derived for Rehoboam. That's a yep. great, I, that's great. I like that idea yeah, too. Fact. I, I really like that. that. Uh, she, she, yeah, because there's, you know, something else interesting about Chaloris is like what she said to William and what she said to uh, Caleb, like, why are you keeping me around? And she was like, you're interesting to me, right? Like she said to William, you created Westworld. You did all this stuff. You're, I not only want to torture you and make you see me take over the world, but also there you're valuable it's like she is still a computer right like she still kind of wants to keep the data that she might need around mm-hmm. that she can access around her in some way yeah well there was an episode in uh, episode two where you saw her extracting data from him episode two or three i don't, I don't remember now but she was extracting data from him she had the other host him yeah. with him yep. with her sorry and, and you know she was like doing weird shit to him and it, it, they were implying that it was actually the real William, which I don't think makes sense to me because I've been insisting he's been a host since like the second season. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's been a host. He's been a host so long. Like the real him died a long time ago. And it, that's like number 478. It's, you know, there, it still is. I've never given up on that theory either, Faxon. I've, I have, I don't bring it up very often because everybody tells me I'm full of shit and crazy. But I have never given up on that idea either. Somewhere I still think, think about that's it, a possibility. Man. Like yeah. that, that second stinger or whatever you called it. Yep. That showed like William with his daughter, but then literally the same scene plays out for Caleb. Yep. So it's like. Uh, well, the, my thought on that was it could be that they find MIB with Maeve and they go to be, they go back to the park and they basically try to achieve some sort of fidelity with like make him maybe to get him to switch sides. And by using his daughter, they're appealing to his human side. Right. Like, look, you, you were because originally let's not forget originally when William went to find Chaloris, he was doing it because he wanted to kill all the hosts, right? He was like, I, mm-hmm. he, I mean, I think he was even crazy at that point. The security guard that he takes out, I think he was like, you're a host. Like, you could all be hosts. He's like yelling at him, right? So if they can get that William back, they have a valuable, um, 
uh, part of their team. Like it just feels to me again that we're getting a lot. This last episode, a good part of it was like team building. Like Teddy and Dolores are getting back together. We're getting Maeve is found by Bernard. Like they're kind of getting the crew back together, getting the band back together to take on the big baddie, you know, similar to like the Avenger. It is kind of like that. Like they got to, yo, yo, you could bring all the Beatles back and it's not going to help them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ringo is a great drummer though. You know what I mean? Dude. I mean, come on, man. You're talking about a artificially constructed sentient consciousness. No limits on financial resources, no limits on military resources, no limits on tracking and observation and surveillance. Um, they're not even human, so they could beat the shit out of you as well. I mean, the, st- the chips are so monumentally stacked. It almost feels like, you know, an average uh, middle class American life. You're not going left. You're not going right. You're not going up. You're not going down. You're just staying in place and we'll keep you nervous by showing you poor people. <laughs> You're going to stay in place because you could be in a worse condition. <laughs> True that, man. You know? Um, I have a question for you both. This was a theory that was brought up by uh, Aaron Peterson, who is a host of a podcast called Beyond Westworld. And his theory was that Teddy is Maeve. That, mm. that Maeve that they maybe took the pearl or they put, they somehow injected Maeve into Teddy. And I think some of the things he was pointing at is some of your amazing notes here, Andy, which is you basically transcribe their whole conversation. Um, It's so Maeve like, like just the kind of little hints and like, she's always just a little bit too forward. The, the (laughs) The thing I don't like about that though is, Maeve and Dolores always, every time we've ever seen them together, have a standoffish relationship. And the charm and the chemistry that Teddy and Christina had was the same charm and chemistry they had when they were in the, in Westworld in the park. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, unless there's some other stuff to back that up, I don't really like that idea much. Okay. I just want to throw it out. What do you think, Thack? Nah, I, I think it's, I'm not feeling it too much okay. because the thing is, um, not just the stuff he said about Teddy, but I mean, Teddy was always thoughtful. So, you know, he making him making thoughtful comments and trying to awaken her to like their Westworld past as humans who are host of flies, you know, uh, <laughs> and he, I don't I mean, feel like, even... I don't feel like they're the, they're the same person, you know? He mm-hmm. even set, repeats some of the lines he used to say, like, like the, uh, I can't think of the chivalry line. It's, I mean, the exact same lines Teddy says in season one. That's why I just, I don't know if I like that idea, but I've, I've been proven wrong many, many times this show. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Well, what, what do you think? I mean, I think for me, the Maya points to kind of guiding uh, Christina in a direction, but the stuff that Teddy is saying to her is very much kind of pushing her towards waking up out of the loop. Right. So don't, do you feel that he, if he's not Maeve, do you feel that he is a agent of Bernard and Maeve in them? Or do you think that Chaloris is trying to get Christina to wake up so she can get this data or she can get her power or something of that nature? 
I mean, that sounds like accurate. Okay. <laughs> you, dude, we slept we slept on Cholores last time, and this bitch took over the whole thing. <laughs> in episode four. Great point. In episode Jackson. four. You keep saying No, that, no, no. I, I mean, it. you're right. No, I'm I saying see. we slept on her, and look what happened. Right. I can't speak for either of you, but for myself, when I was watching the episode, my draw hit the floor so hard, it shattered. I was like, yo, that's straight fucked up. Yeah. Like, I, I still think she she's had, OP. I still think she ha- I think Hale has another plan, but I don't, I still think Teddy is, I think he is some form of the Teddy that we knew that was in the, in the, uh, in the sublime. Like he says the, I was something of a bounty hunter with a heart of gold. He has, he has, it seems like he's talking about when he was in Westworld and he, he just seems like a more enlightened version or, or a more intelligent version. I remember, I remember referring to Teddy as poor, stupid Teddy many times. I loved him. But he was never the brightest, and this guy seems like he's so much more intelligent. Yeah, well, think about I just—it seems mean. like he's been around. That's mean. He's <laughs> Teddy is not stupid. Teddy is nice, yeah. and I know in modern society, yeah. being a nice person is frowned upon greatly. But he's just a nice fucking guy with a yeah. crazy fucking bitch. Yeah, well, I, that's you're not it. wrong there either. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, let's remember. The last time we saw Teddy, Dolores totally fucked with him and injected the Wyatt into him and and turned him into something he hated. Right? He hated him. Shot him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was not. It was not a good scene. Yeah. I think the only reason she was straight up Amber Heard with all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Straight up Amber Heard. Well, I think the only reason I called him stupid Come on, was because man. She, she wasn't. Didn't she like? She made him kill himself. Yes. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. She was terrible. But Amber I, Heard. I've always, <laughs> I've always loved Teddy, and that's I, when I was calling him stupid. It was because <laughs> he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't. He was like, yes. Dolores is not good for you. That was why I was always. I was like, Teddy, Naive, you're smarter than this. Uh, how yeah. many of us have dated somebody who we, we should have left? That's, how many of us? Have, I mean, come on, man. We all got an Amber Heard. That's that's right you on know? because I maybe it just hit a little too close to home. Um, I, I, I mean, I, it hit all the way home, straight up Amber Heard. I think, uh, I think that that is well established that he was, you know, their relationship was no good. But what I mean to say is in the same way that we now have a Bernard who we spent all of season two with him basically malfunctioning, right? And then all of season three trying to figure out what the hell was going on. He never developed into this this big antagonist that Dolores had said, that's why she kept him alive. But now he comes back from the, uh, the sublime supercharged upgraded and on a mission and this Teddy is a Teddy that we've almost never seen before. Right. He Mm -hmm. is so direct. He's in control. He's confident. He seems like comfortable in his own skin. Right. And I think that maybe it, it, like you said, if Bernard, how could Bernard extract him? Well, he that's just data. And yep. it can go into Bernard's a file on his computer head. He's a hard, he is a freaking walking hard drive. So he could take Teddy out with him and then he can plug in and access. It's interesting. I don't I don't I don't see it. Let me throw one thing <laughs> at you, Thack. Let me throw one thing at you. Remember the button Bernard had in season three? When he could mm-hmm. change himself like that, mm-hmm. I think that was a little foreshadowing towards a host being able to kind of bifurcate and have a separate, have the like the two personalities exist as one separately, not like Wyatt and Dolores mm-hmm. where they got mixed 
but where he could kind of have Teddy inside of him. But it's just a thought. That's just fucking whack, man. Teddy, with him, no. This has to do with the flies and the host. And it ties into her and Peter Myers and the storytelling. And when she went to the place, you noticed that the place was empty. Like he was dead and the place was like shut down for years. And she was confused. That is a glitch in the matrix. That is them telling you that the 23 years have passed. I can agree. And he and he was and, yep. and him and all the other people who were affected by her stories were hosts. She's telling host stories. The data isn't working right inside of the human framework. They're becoming like the host that they might have been like, because we don't know how the infection works. That's the issue. Why is it that, you know, they're reacting as hosts, but they're humans? We know it's the flies. What but what saying. do the flies okay. do? Okay. You're right. Just like in Westworld where they're like waking up yeah but what like what do the flies have to do with it it's weird you gotta think if it's a human being but the the fly enables the the human being to be taken over and treated like a host via sound right so what i'm saying is that like when she went to that peter myers place and she saw it was empty and it had been closed for years and yet they showed her you know see him kill himself and all that like you know the time frame is actually like out of out of whack, and you know they they clearly established that in, in episode four. But I feel like there's more backstory that's going to be told because we need to understand the virus a little more because it's huge. What do you, I mean, it's yep. a fly, you know, going into a body. How does it make a human body a host to audio manipulation to the point where either they'll kill themselves or they'll do something else. You know what I mean? So do you think, are you, I'm just trying to figure out what you're, how you're connecting that to Teddy. Do you think that he is actually a human? Well, Teddy's behavior. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy is just like Christina. They're both exhibit memories of Westworld. He's far more clear than she is, but I don't think either is actually thinking I'm a host from that Westworld place. Like, and, and what I'm trying to say is how do they establish, like, you know, the templates? Because she's having memories of people that she never met and telling their stories. All of this is like data from Westworld. So how do we know that, like, data isn't also part of the flies instead of just allowing them to make a human susceptible to the sound manipulation? How do we know? That could be true. That's interesting. That's an interesting point that just like, just like every host has a remnant of Dolores in them. Yeah. Cause she's the code. That's yep. the whole funny part. That's what I was going to say before. Yep. When you talked about Caleb and, and Maeve, you got to remember that Caleb and Maeve blew up the last of Rehoboam. So why wouldn't they want to use a outlier who's similar to you know, Sirach's brother who created Solomon and which, you know, Rehoboam was derived. I mean, he, he even kept his brother alive. How do we know they're not looking for him? Not that he'd be alive, but he could, you know, he was in a like a kind of suspended state. Who's to say that they won't just wake his ass up? Well, technically, we don't even know what happened to Sirach. Right. True. So, I mean, he got beat the fuck down and they wiped their ass with him, but true. But yeah, he was just like M, they brought him <laughs> out, they brought William back. They could bring him, you know, they could br- and his brother too, right? We don't we saw his brother in one of those pods, 
but yep. he, he it wasn't destroyed. We didn't see that blown up or right. Yeah, but, they, but, they but a, what if they, they trying to extract him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they what made if, a clear what if point. He's the that, outlier. Sorry, when, Andy. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say when I said they made a clear point to show a screen when that when they took out uh, Solomon that said power backup still online to mm-hmm. show that the outliers were still being powered. Mm-hmm. So they're still there somewhere. I'm sure somebody has to, that has to come back into play at some point. Very interesting. Yeah, because they blew up. They blew, their last mission together, Maeve and Caleb, was that they blew up that shit at the you know the data at the you know Rehoboam. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't they want Rehoboam back? I I liked that too. Wasn't that that's a good that's a good question of because it allows for that. further control. Yeah, yeah. It's all about control. Yeah. So I mean, she already has vast control. Can you imagine if she had Rehoboam like? you know, like they did before, because apparently, you know, they have multiple backup stations for it. Like, can you imagine if they reconfigured it? I don't think that's the last of it. And I think that 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 whole thing of bringing us all of season three to we have to get this USB stick, and put it in this and then do the that. And then and then remember at the end, he's like, we told Rayoboam to erase itself. But now all of a sudden there was an, another backup. And and uh, Maeve even said this is the last back. So that wasn't even just the one they had to go after there. There was like a whole right. campaign that they fought against that we didn't see. Which I think you're—that's a great point. There's something else there, and I like that they brought us back to that. Because um, I the, just uh, think it's good. I'm glad. I I kind of I don't know. I there was some part of me I have to say that I I thought like I I'm glad they're not erasing season three. I know a lot of people didn't like it or they didn't think it was. Uh, I mean, there what? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Fact. That's kind of the word on the street. A lot of people did not, and like when you read articles now, people are like, "Westworld is good again." Season three was terrible. I was like, "There's actually a lot of good in season three. I look, man. Watch it. Look, I man. It. I love every season, and you know, <laughs> that's uh, Westworld love. No, I'm saying, man. Like, unless you can create something, like I'm weird when it comes to criticism. I'll disrespect people based more on like a rhythm, like the rhythm of your show doesn't engage me. And also most people are engaged with a lot of like tripe doo-doo shit. So it's to me, this is one of the best shows that's ever been made. So, you know, you're going to say it's a boo-boo third season. You know how hard it is to make this fucking show? It's ridiculous. And that's why. And and between the intellectual content and the way it's shot, he had shots that looked like Kubrick. He had shots that looked like, uh, some other directors, I mean, they, they were beautiful. Like the shots in the in the movie were brilliant. Um, I mean, not movie. It feels like a movie. See what I mean? Yeah. Like you're getting like all these hour long movies every week of one of the most intricate, amazing sci fi shows ever on television, and you mad at the third season because basically you reminded you too much of COVID and modern life. <laughs> like you know, we're we're hundred like, percent with you on this one, yo, and we're, gotta, we yeah, don't understand. Let the, the hate rate go. <laughs> the hate has to go the fuck away because people thought season four would be booty. Season four is the shit. Yeah, it's very good. All right, we got one last question. Then we're gonna wrap it up. Andy has right. in the uh, in the notes here. Why did Maeve kill herself? Did she really need to do that, or did she do it on? I felt it was a little suspiciously purposeful. Like, hey, let me bury myself in the sand for people to find twenty three years later. Did anyone else feel that's, that way? Hell no. Okay. 
That's fucked up, Foley. For real. <laughs> you just you ain't like right about that. To, you, she re, she just sensed the thing and she's like, let me destroy him. Even though there seemed to be other copies, she knew that just like Hale said. All right, time out. She wasn't she wasn't intellectualizing just because she's a computer. She has a huge emotional component. That's why we even give a fuck about her as a character. So there's no way that she would like end her life when she has so many people who need her. It was just that the threat, like William is such a massive threat, like you brought up earlier. He's so threatening, even though that his enemies are Shaloris and all of that. He still works with those motherfuckers and he's still vengeful and hated her. He's dangerous. So she, you know, she took out a huge evil in her mind. The Even though they could that, copy him, you know. You know, that's what I thought at first, though. But she just they just came from that uh, mafia park where she's encountered multiple Williams already. She should know that there's more than one William. So taking yeah, this but one that, out I mean, that she, way. I think she might have just, you know, like he was basically like ready to like rock everything, which I, I she took him saying. out. But, yeah, she you had know, an emotional. Yeah. She was, I don't know, yeah, man. I don't know if it was conscious. Moment. If it was, that's interesting. Yeah. I think but it's something to consider. I don't though. see it. You know, I have. I, I just don't I was, see oh. like her motivations are weird, but I don't see her intentionally ending her life for anyone, you know. I have one. But more she question. did for him, right? Ooh, just call myself. So <laughs> I, well, know. and Maeve has killed herself on this show many times before in the fire, and yep. so I mean, exactly. it's not the and usually there's a reason for it. Um, I had one other question that I was just kind of thinking about beforehand, and so I haven't really. If you guys want to shoot this down real fast, that's fine, but. I, I'm as I haven't not quite fully formed yet, but the when Hale is talking to Caleb and basically doing her James Bond villain thing, telling him the all the stuff she's been doing, um, she talks about at, right after Maeve blows herself up, she says, I th- "I'm afraid she's a goner. Took out my man too, but I can always rebuild." Maeve, on the other hand, she was something special. So this gets leading me down this weird road. Is she trying to do the fidelity stuff with Caleb to rebuild him? Because Caleb is the what do you what what's the line that's always you're only person, long yep. live as long as the last person that remembers you is she trying to rebuild Caleb so she can rebuild Maeve? I don't know why wouldn't she just dig her up? She's not she that's what I, that deep in the sand. That's the other thing, or build a uh, build another version of her. I don't know. That's the that's the only I'm yes. something about that line just seemed weird about the wow. something special. Yes. Actually, you whack as hell, yo. You whack as hell. They had a fan so big, blows winds, a <laughs> hundred miles an hour, or something, and an excavation team. And you said that they they just digging in some shallow sand. You bugging? <laughs> I don't know, man. I I had. I I still there even though it was revealed that a lot of the weirdness that I I think everyone sensed before was because of this plot point which is we're actually watching like a memory of what happened I still feel that there was some there's some weirdness going on with that with what happened with Maeve and whether it's yeah but you don't feel like that stuff is like the same as like uh almost like season 2 Yes, like season I do. four feels feels a lot yeah, like season exactly. two. Yep, that's why I don't trust it yet. That's yeah. why I'm still asking so many questions. Is because it does feel weird like that. Like it's it's an unreliable narrator. Like we're kind of watching something that may turn out to be something different than what we thought it was at first, which is what happened in season two. So yeah, I feel like it's yeah. it, it's trending on that kind of story yeah. style arc. 
I agree. I was before we left too. I was going to add one thing about when you guys are. T- I didn't really chime in yet on the that Rehoboam thing. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think they are going to try and rebuild because I don't think she needs it because she also she's basically from what we've been able to tell has been able to take over most of the world and there isn't really that many humans left. So would she need something like that? Of course, every fascist needs a fucking uh, well, power to I control. Yeah, that's what I, I suppose. Like, that's I, true. It's just power. Like, are true. you kidding me? Like, if I was a fa- if I, if I'm a fascist, I'm gonna try to get every kind of fucking leverage on you, control on exactly. you that I possibly can. So why the fuck wouldn't I want Rehoboam the updated version? You kidding me? Yeah. Well, I guess you got to. I guess a part of me thinks that she's cocky enough that she thinks she, what she's doing is already enough. But I might be wrong at that. But she, yeah, but the thing is, she's she's arrogant. Sorry, Axel. Nope. She's arrogant. She's arrogant, but she's not dumb. Watch season. Watch episode four again. Well, she pimped yeah. all of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She's she, not dumb for sure. She she bitch smacked all of us across the world with her little slick ass. We got played. <laughs> Oh, we got played out too. She could bitch. <laughs> um, Yo, you hurt. <laughs> hey, it's true. Um, yeah, no, I I dig it. I I and I I do. I was gonna say the same thing as I feel like it's power, and I feel again. She has said many times to separate people. Oh, hey, I want to keep you around because you're interesting to me, or you represent something. She said it about. Maeve, like you said, William, Dolores, like, I think there's just, she still has that Dolores in her where she kind of, what do you mean? She's just, she's just Dolores. She's just Dolores who fell in love with a dude and his kid. Yeah. Yep. Well, but she's still yeah. Dolores, yep. and Dolores is crazy as fuck. And the Wyatt <laughs> part, too, which they mentioned again this episode. They keep on mentioning yep. Wyatt. And I think that's important to remember, uh, that kind of... Well, you. That was a great point, because what if Christina turns into Wyatt? Yeah. Yep. That's what yeah, that's, that's... I think maybe that's what they're waking up. Maybe everyone yeah. else is waking up to the world, but Christina is going to wake up to be... Wyatt, so she Wyatt. can take out these people, you know? That's why I think nice, Bernard is trying nice. to get her I out. I like that. Bernard That's what is I'm trying talking to, about. Yeah. Bernard is trying to lead the revolution and get them out of there. He's trying to save humanity that's been imprisoned, and what better way to do it than bring out Wyatt? The, yep. The greatest warrior that Westworld ever saw. Kick no, it was that other retarded guy. <laughs> <laughs> that right. other hurt guy was the greatest warrior that uh you can edit that out, by the way. <laughs> hey, let's let's finish it up here, Thack. Do you have any final words for us? Um, well, I'm gonna do my own little hurt version of this the Thack show, but I had a lot of fun uh interacting with you both. And uh, very interesting points all around. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too, buddy. It's always great to talk to you. Ando? Yeah, this was fun as always. It was nice to talk to you, Thaxton. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of your shows the rest of the season as well. All right, everybody. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Don't forget to check out the cleanup techs who are coming up tomorrow when you're listening to this. And also, like Thax said, he's going to have another episode. I've been calling those The Forge. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Peace out. All right. We are out. All right.